Greenwich by Susan Cooper. Chapter 9 They huddled in the dark warehouse doorway, watching. No wind blew now, and the sudden stillness was unnerving, broken only by the rumbling waves. The murmur of passing motor-cars came now and then from the main road higher in the village, but the children did not heed them. Nothing in the world seemed to exist but this thing that loomed before them, rising higher each moment out of the swaying sea. The thing could not be clearly seen. It had no features, no outline, no recognizable shape. They perceived it only as a great mass of black, absolute darkness, blotting out all light or star-glimmer, rearing up over the weird glowing patch that marked the man of the dark. It was, Jane thought suddenly, far larger than the image of leaves and branches that she had seen cast down into the sea from the point of Kimar head. And yet, she thought again, the green witch had seemed huge in the dark of that night, rearing up, waiting, shadowed by the flickering beacon fire. The painter said, in a loud, clear voice, "'Green witch!' Simon felt Barney shiver convulsively, and he moved closer to him. A hand, briefly, gratefully, clutched his arm. "'Green witch! Green witch!' A great voice came out of the towering, massive darkness. It seemed to fill all the night, a voice like the sea, full of shifting music. It said, "'Why do you call me out?' The painter lowered his dreadful canvas. The light in it was beginning gradually to fade. "'I have need of you.' "'I am the Green Witch,' the voice said wearily. "'I am made for the sea. I am of the sea. I can do nothing for you.' "'I have a small favour to ask,' the painter said, sweetly, ingratiatingly, but with a strain in his voice as if it would crack into a thousand glittering fragments. The voice said, "'You are of the dark. I feel it. I am not permitted to have any dealings with either the dark or the light. It is the law.' The painter said quickly, "'But you have taken something that the law does not permit you to take. You know it.' You have a part of one of the ancient things of power that you should not have, that no creature of the wild magic should have. Greenwich, you must give it to me. The sea voice of the blackness cried out as if in pain. No, it is mine. It is my secret, my secret. And Jane flinched, for suddenly it was the voice of her dream, plaintive, crying, a child's complaint. The painter said fiercely, "'It is not yours.' "'It is my secret,' cried the green witch, "'and the mass of black darkness seemed to rise and swell. "'I guard it. None shall touch it. It is mine for always.' "'At once the painter dropped his tone into gentleness, a soft wheedling. "'Green witch, green witch, child of Tethys, child of Poseidon, child of Neptune,' "'What need have you of a secret in the deeps?' "'As much need as you,' the green witch said. "'Your home is in the deeps.' "'The painter was still gentle, persuasive. "'There is no need for such secrets there. "'That is no place for such a thing, "'woven of different spells that you know nothing of.' 
the huge voice of the darkness said obstinately, almost pettishly, "'It is mine! I found it!' The painter's voice, shaking, began to rise. "'Fool! Wild fool! How dare you play with things of the high magic!' The light was fading faster out of his painting now. The children could see nothing around it but the blackness of the Greenwich against the faint grey glimmer of sky and sea. There were only these two voices ringing through the empty harbour. "'You are a made creature only. You will do as I say.' Arrogance sharpened the man's tone, gave it an edge of command. "'Give the thing to me at once, before the dark shall blast you out of this world.' The children felt Captain Tom's gently but urgently drawing them all back against the wall, into a corner almost cut off from the spot where the two figures confronted one another on the quay. Nevertheless, they moved as they were told. Oh, nervously, they moved as they were told. From the blackness that was the Greenwich came a hair-raising sound, a long, low lamenting, like a moan, rising and falling in a mumbling whine. Then it stopped and the creature began muttering to itself, broken words that they could not make out. Then there was silence for a moment, and all at once it said very clearly, "'You have not the full power of the dark.' "'Now I command you!' The painter's voice was shrill. "'You have not the full power of the dark,' the Greenwich said again, with a growing, wondering confidence." When the dark comes rising, it is not as one man, but as a terrible great blackness filling the sky and the earth. I see it. My mother shows me. But you are alone. You were sent by the dark with one small mission only, and you gamble now to make yourself a great lord, one of the masters. By completing... <coughs> by completing one of the things of power for yourself, you think to become great, but you are not great yet. "'and you may not command me.' "'Softly, Captain Tom said, "'Tethys has seen what we could not see.' "'I have all the power required,' said the painter loudly. "'Now, Greenwich, now, do as the dark demands.' "'The Greenwich began to make a new sound, "'a low rumbling so ominous "'that the children shrank back against the wall.' It was somewhere between the growl of a dog and the purring of a cat, and it said, "'Beware! Beware!' The painter cried out furiously, "'By the spell of manna, and the spell of wreck, and the spell of leer!' And they saw by the last faint glow that he swung up his canvas and its luminous painted magic over his head again, facing the blackness of the Greenwich. But he could do nothing." The rumbling from the green witch rose into a roar, the air was tight with rebellion and fear, and Jane heard in her mind over and over again the cry, "'Leave me alone! Leave me alone! Leave me alone!' and never knew whether it had been cried aloud or not. They were conscious of nothing but a great seething. Resentful fury roared in their ears, throbbing with the slow thunder of waves against rock, and suddenly the whole world was luminous with green light, as for one terrible moment the green witch in all its wild power loomed out of the sky, every live detail clear with a brilliance they never afterwards mentioned even to one another. 
With a shriek the painter flung himself backwards and fell to the ground, and the green witch, crying rage from a great mouth, spread terrible arms wide as if to engulf the whole village, and disappeared. It did not go down into the sea, it did not vanish like a burst balloon, it faded like smoke, dissipating into nothing, and they felt no sense of release from fear, but a greater tension as if there were a storm in the air. Barney whispered, "'Has it gone?' "'No,' Captain Toms said gravely. "'It is all through the village. "'It is with us and around us. "'It is angry, and it is everywhere, "'and there is great danger. "'I must take you home at once. "'Mary had good reasons for choosing these cottages. "'They are as safe as the grey house "'in the protection of the light.' "'Barney was looking at the still figure on the quay. "'He said fearfully, "'Is he dead?' "'That is not possible,' Captain Toms said quietly. "'He looked down at the painter. "'The man lay on his back, breathing evenly, "'his long hair spread like a black pool around his head. "'His eyes were closed, but there was no sign of injury. "'He looked as though he were asleep. "'From the road leading into the harbour "'they heard the engine of a car growing closer rounding the corner. "'Simon stepped out to wave it down, but there was no need.' As the car's lights swung on to the group on the quay, it slowed abruptly, brakes screaming, and pulled to a halt. From behind the blazing headlamps, an American voice called, "'Hey, what goes on?' "'It's the Stantons!' The children rushed to the car doors, and two puzzled figures climbed out. Captain Toms turned quickly. His voice was clear and commanding. "'Evening. You've picked a good time to appear. We've just found this fellow lying here on our way to the cottage.' "'Looks as if a car's knocked him down. "'Hit and run, I reckon.' "'Bill Stanton knelt beside the prostrate painter "'and felt for his heart, raised one eyelid, "'gently felt along his arms and legs. "'He's alive, no blood anywhere, no obvious breaks. "'Maybe it's a heart attack, not a car. "'What should we do? Is there an ambulance here?' "'Captain Toms shook his head. "'No ambulance in Trewissick. We're not too good for emergencies, and only one policeman with a motor-bike. "'You know, Mr. Stanton, the best thing we could do is get him in your car, and you drive him to the hospital in St. Hostel. "'Poor fellow might be dead by the time we get P.C. Trigger out.' "'He's right,' said Fran Stanton, her soft voice concerned. "'Let's do that, Bill.' "'Fine by me,' Mr. Stanton looked round the quayside, his eyes searching, quickly efficient.' "'We'll have to be very careful lifting him. "'I wonder. "'Ah!' "'He prodded Simon, nearest him. "'See that pile of planks over there? Two of you kids bring one, quick.' "'In a struggling group they slid the painter onto the narrow plank, "'then, with slow lifting and tilting, "'maneuvered it to leave him lying on the back seat of the car. "'Do up the seat-belts around him, Franny,' said Mr. Stanton, "'climbing back into the driver's seat. "'He should be okay.' "'Will you call the policeman, Captain, and have him follow us? "'Shouldn't like anyone to think it was us knocked the guy down.' "'Yes, of course.' "'Fran Stanton paused with the car door open. "'Where's Will?' "'Her husband took his hand off the ignition key. "'That's right, it's late. "'He and Mary can't still be out walking. "'Where is he, kids?' "'They stared at him, speechless.' The brightness died out of Bill Stanton's amiable round face. In its place came suspicion and concern. "'Hey, now, what is all this? What's going on here? Where's Will?' Captain Toms cleared his throat. <clears> throat> 
"'He—' he began. "'Nothing to worry about, Uncle Bill,' said Will, behind them. "'Here I am.' End of chapter 9